today, um, we're going to be in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. Um, a message that I've been praying just would impact lives this weekend. And we're, we're in a message series called The Grudge, as you saw on the screen. And I believe that we're going to experience, I'm just believing that we're, so we're going to have some significant healing this morning. And so I've got a question for you. How many of you love a good miracle story? You know, when God just moves, yeah, anybody here just enjoy when God shows up and he shows off and does something powerful. I love that. And so uh, maybe you know somebody in your connect group, we've had stories like this this year and I love it. You know, they come in with a great testimony and, and maybe, you know, they began, <laughs> maybe there's a story, you know, Linda was just up here sharing about tithing and wasn't that good. Um, maybe they, get, they began tithing for the first time and, and they've been seeing, you know, the principle of sowing and reaping um, come alive in their finances. And you get to celebrate that with them um, and your group. The problem is maybe you've been tithing for years and it seems like you're barely paying the bills. And so you wonder, where's my miracle, right? Where's my miracle? Uh, maybe you've got a friend that's been praying for a miraculous healing and God shows up the way he does and he, and he saves a loved one, maybe even from death. And they've got their miracle. And you, you were praying for, for healing for somebody that you loved and they were not healed. That, you know, instead they passed away. And that's part of my story. My mom passed away from ALS and we were, we were praying. The Lou Gehrig's disease, terrible disease. And we were all praying. We were believing for a miracle. And so was she, her included, herself included. And, you know, I, I was getting installed as the new youth pastor um, down at Pine Valley Church in Bayfield when I got the call. I mean, my phone was ringing in my pocket um, as I was on the stage and they were praying for me, installing me as a pastor there. And um, I mean, I literally got the call, walked off the stage right after that. I called dad back and he said, you better come home if you wanna see her. And uh, I left that afternoon. Um, I was all the way down. It was a 12 hour drive. I didn't make it before she passed. And so it was really, really hard to see her go. She loved our kids so much and, and, and she, had, she had seen miracles in her life. She had been um, healed from cancer. And, and so we had seen that. So why not this time? Why not this time, God? And, you know, so we asked those, those tough, tough questions. Maybe you've got a good friend and she broke up with her, you know, not so good uh, boyfriend and by faith, she took a risk and said, no more, you know, I'm pursuing the things of God for my life. And three days later, God brought into her life this amazing, godly, incredible young man that looks like the son of Brad Pitt. <laughs> and he's memorized, you know, two thirds of the New Testament. And three weeks later, he proposes to her and they win a free honeymoon. <laughs> And they're memorizing, you know, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, to declare together at their wedding, you know, which is coming up next month. And you, you did the same thing, you know, by faith, you broke up with your not so good boyfriend back in 2013. And, you know, the only dates that you've had since then have been with Ben and Jerry, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And so you're just wondering, God... Where are you in my life? You know, where's my miracle? Where's mine? And, you know, so what do you do when you find yourself disappointed in God? What, what do you do when you feel like maybe God let you down? And, and I, I don't know what your circumstance is, um, you know, but, you know, maybe it's the, you know, 
it's, it's, a, it's a tough morning for, for some ladies in here. Maybe it's the baby that you always dreamed of having and that hasn't happened and that baby never came and, and it might've been the engagement that you believed that would be coming and that engagement still is not here to this day. And it could have been the miracle that you believed with faith that God would do for you and yet God still hasn't done you know, what you know he has the power to do. You know he has the power to do. So what do you do when you don't even want to say it out loud? Because you have a reverence for God. You love God. But you're wondering, God, where are you? God, why are you showing up for me? Where's the miracle that I've been believing for? And you might find yourself slightly or even more than slightly disappointed with God. Maybe even angry holding a grudge against God. It's not that you don't want to trust him. Um, You really, really do. You really do. Uh, But you might be finding it difficult to trust him right now because God could do something and yet he's not. And for some of you, if you're really, really honest, and you may, again, you may not even want to say this out loud, but there there may be this low-grade anger that's in the mix. So what do you do when you realize you're holding a grudge against God? In the first week of our series, um, if you haven't been with us, we talked about forgiving offenses, you know, the things that uh, weigh us down and they hold us back. And last week, we talked about forgiving some of the bigger stuff, uh, betrayal, um, those times when someone has um, significantly wounded or wronged us. And next week, um, the plan is we're going to talk about forgiving ourselves. Um, It's it's like you may recognize that God has forgiven you, but you're carrying that weight around still, that guilt, maybe the shame um, from something that you did in the past, and you can't seem to let it go. So today, um, though, we're going to talk about forgiving God. And and what do you do when you realize you're holding a grudge against God? Now, to be really technical, I've, I've said this the last few weeks too, I want to say this because it's important to say we don't technically ever forgive God because God never falls short. Uh, God doesn't do any wrong. So to say that we forgive would, would be unfair and it would be untrue. But there are those of us, perhaps, in the room that, you know, you really maybe need to reconcile with God. And, and you're, you're holding a grudge, you're holding on to something, and you feel like you've been wronged. Maybe even, you know, rightfully so. You know, you feel like God didn't do what he could have done. And you, you may need to let go of something this morning. And, or by faith, you need to learn to trust again. So what do you do when you feel like you've been wronged by God? First Samuel chapter 1 is where we're going to go this morning. I want to look at a powerful story in the Old Testament about a woman that had to perhaps... Um, reconcile with some disappointments that she had with God. I want to tell you first about her husband. Her husband's name was Elkanah. And Elkanah actually had two wives. Um, One is the wife that we're going to talk about. Um, Her name is Hannah. And the other wife was named Peninnah. Now, for for those of you guys that are sitting there going, oh man, that would be kind of cool. It'd be awesome to have two wives. Um, chances are very good that you're, you're not married. <laughs> um, I just want to say that. I just want to say that because, no, listen to me. Let me finish. <laughs> you got to let me finish. Because if you are, you already know you got everything that you could ever want. 
<laughs> you just gotta let me finish. <laughs> God has blessed you and you have no desire for anything else. And if your marriage is not going well, well, you already know that one spouse is enough, right? <laughs> so anyhow, this, this guy had two wives. This guy had two wives. And what you need to understand is that um, these sister wives, if you want to call them that, they had this uh, serious rivalry going on. And here's why. First, let's, let's talk about the husband, Elkanah. Um, when, whenever people in this culture would name a son or a daughter, the culture that they're in, a son or a daughter, they would often give them a name that had meaning. And uh, so, uh, like my name means gift from God, uh, or God is gracious. So my whole life, when people say Sean, they're actually saying, I'm a gift from God. You're, you're welcome. You know, right? So that, that, maybe that's prophetic. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, but that, that is the Christian meaning of my name. God is gracious or God is merciful. And so I hold on to that. Um, and so Elkanah's name actually means this in Hebrew, that God has created a son or God, has, God will give you a son. And so for this guy's entire life, Here's what he's hearing whenever somebody would say, you know, hey, Elkanah, here's what, he, what they were saying is, hey, you're going to have a son. You are going to have a son. Hey, Elkanah, you're going to have a son. <laughs> Every time he would hear his name for his whole life, that was what people would say to him. So when he married Hannah, he just assumed that God would give them a son. That was the assumption. But unfortunately, Hannah couldn't bear children. And that's why most scholars believe that he probably took on his second wife, Peninnah. And so you can only imagine Hannah's internal dialogue here. Um, she couldn't have a child. And so especially in this culture, she would have felt like a tremendous failure. And so perhaps she would have experienced some shame. She would have felt uh, in a way useless in this culture. And it would have been really easy for her to say, God, where are you? Where are you? You're the author of life, so why don't you let me bear a child? And so each year, this family, Elkanah and his, and his two wives, they would travel and they would go on an adventure, kind of like a vacation, and they would um, go to this place called Shiloh to offer worship and sacrifices to God. So the problem is, Peninnah, the wife who could have children, so she would take every opportunity especially on this trip, it seems like, to throw some serious shade on her rivalry, the other wife, Hannah. And so here's what scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6 and, and 7. So Hannah's rivalry, Peninnah, used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, to me, this is incredibly painful. Year after year, it was the same. This went on year by year, as often as they went up to the house of the Lord, Peninnah used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not even eat. Some of you have had a Thanksgiving or a Christmas like that, right? You, a breakdown, somebody runs off, falls apart, they don't eat, somebody's completely moved to tears. Um, so I... Let's just pause a second, because sometimes we can just, you know, read, read these, these stories and we can just kind of read over them. Let's just pause. I want you to try and get into the story 
and really try to imagine the experience of what's going on here. So here we've got Hannah, the very sweet and, and godly woman. And then we've got the other one, Peninnah. This is your girl that mama warned you about, right? Stay away from girls like this. She's cruel. She's vicious. She's mean. She's, a, she's, she's as mean as a cat in a shower. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so some of you would say, oh, yes, I dated her when I was in high school. Or, you know, you can only imagine Hannah's mindset. She had to be asking. I mean, just think about it. She had to be asking, why in the world would God bless Peninnah with kids and not bless me? God could have given me a child. So just picture her dialogue that's happening. I've been faithful. I've served, I, I, I've, I've served you. I've saved myself from marriage. I, I read my Bible every single day. You know, I, I, I come, you know, early uh, service at church and I, and I serve and, and I, I do all of this stuff for you. I'm faithful. I'm a giver. I love you, God. I haven't done anything wrong that I can tell. And there's all these people and they do things wrong. Can, can you hear that going on in her head? And yet they have children. I've been faithful. I've been faithful to you, God. Where are you in my life? I just don't understand. And so she did perhaps the very same thing that some of us do. She prayed and she believed and she waited. I've done that. She prayed and she believed and she waited and then there was nothing. Year after heart-wrenching year, she prayed and she believed and she waited. There might be someone here, I'm pretty sure, that can relate. You've prayed and you've prayed and you've believed, you've prepared and you've believed maybe for a job with benefits and, and yet that job continues to seem to be out of reach. You've asked God you know, for healing for somebody that you love. And you knew, you know in your heart You've seen him do it. You know that he is a healer. You know it. He heals. You believe that he would, but yet he didn't. And you wonder, why does he do it for others, but he didn't do it for me? Maybe you prayed and you asked God, please make my depression go away. I beg you. I know that you can't. And year after year, you're still fighting through on days. I don't know what it might be for you. It could be, you know, the trial that never seems to go away. It could be the marriage that, you know, you're wanting to get better. It could be, you know, some kind of financial hardship month after month and year after year, believing that you're going to get ahead. And yet, you know, you always feel like you're still behind. It could be, you know, dreaming of or hoping for, you know, someone to do life with. And yet year after year, you still feel alone. And then one day you wake up and you're wondering, where are you, God? I, 
I mean, I know you're there. I've trusted you. I've believed in you. I'm, tr- I'm trying to believe. I'm trying to trust in you. I, why haven't you done what I know you can? I know you're God and I know you can. Do you hear my prayers? Do you? Sometimes we even get to the point where you say, do you even care? Kind of out of it, kind of in a place of desperation, right? God, where are you? And so you pray and you believe and you wait. You pray and you believe and another year goes by. And if you've ever felt like that, that's exactly what Hannah is feeling like in this story. That's, that's the picture that is being painted here. She was married to Elkanah, who as best as we can tell, was probably a pretty good man. Um, the problem is, he was still a dude, okay? I don't know how to say it. I'm not trying to speak ill of man. Please, please hear me. So ladies, maybe you understand what I'm trying to say here. Um, you just can't, cast the dude out of a man sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And, and so sometimes it's just a part of, of life, it seems. The problem is, with dudes, we sometimes just say dudish things, okay? And so we just do. It's just hardwired in us. I mean, we're all, all of us, everyone in the room, is bent towards sin, and our flesh sometimes take over, and then we, we just ask <laughs> some really stupid questions. Let's just say it that way. We just ask some really and we say some really stupid things. So if I could just offer maybe a tidbit of, of wisdom, there, there are some landmines in uh, every marriage, and there are certain questions that should be forbidden um, in, in every marriage. They, they seem natural, they seem right maybe, guys, but my, my God has sent me here today to deliver somebody from impending trouble, okay? Um, so gentlemen, if, if I can just give you just a tiny, tiny little piece of advice, um, <laughs> what you never ever do is you never walk in at the end of the day and you never under any circumstance say, ever ask, did you mean to do your hair that way? <laughs> Don't ever say that. Whatever you do, don't ever ask the question, what is wrong with you? Is it that time of the month? Oh, <laughs> who said that? You, know, you can just feel the temperature of the room just kind of rise, right? And, and, you know, so just be careful. So instead, you know, ask questions like, why are you so wonderful? Why are you, why, why are you so beautiful when you wake up in the morning? How did I ever get the privilege to be with you, right? Ask those kind of questions. So Elkanah, I, I, here's, here's, here's where I'm going with this. I'm actually going somewhere. Elkanah was a dude in the most dudish way right here. I'll show it to you in scripture. Someone say he was a dude. Thank you. Okay, and he asked some incredibly dudish questions here. I wanna show you one of the most dudish, dudliest, is that a word? <laughs> questions that you will read anywhere in all of the Bible. Poor Hannah, she wants to have a child. Now look at this. Elkanah wonders why she's so upset. And so he asked these three questions. I just want you to remember how Hannah's feeling, okay? And this is what he says. Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Just because you aren't able to have any children? <laughs> how about this last one? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? Oh boy, 
Everybody say, he's a dude. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you know, that actually made sense to him. I cannot explain why, but it made sense to him to say those things out loud. So now Hannah's response is not recorded in scripture. Maybe that's because there's like a heavenly beep mechanism. I don't know. <laughs> For our protection. But God has revealed to me, I think I know what Hannah said. And what she said was, do you want to rephrase this, that question? <laughs> because you don't want to hear it, the answer. <laughs> right? She's hurting. I want you to feel her pain, okay? And so she's doing everything that she possibly can to trust in God. And yet the only thing that she wants that God has the power to give, he seems to be withholding in the story. And, and so um, then she got Penina, she's got running, uh, her running around with her little rugrats. And, and she's also, you know, she's always um, criticizing her and belittling her. And her husband, who's a good man, but you know, sometimes will put his foot in his mouth. So what do you do when you wake up and you find yourself disappointed because God didn't do what you know he could do. What I wanna show you is exactly what Hannah did. And this is something that even right now, some of us might find helpful. I, you know, I wouldn't recommend this on the daily, but maybe you know, when, the, when, the, when, it, when you feel it, when the time is right, you will know. <laughs> you may need to do just what she did. She unloaded on God. She did. She let it rip. She unloaded all the pain, all the questions, right? She didn't hold anything back. She told God exactly what she felt. And, and she took all the pain and all the hurt and all the disappointment and all the anguish and all the agony, and she just hurled it recklessly towards God. This is what the scripture says. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. And now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat besides the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord as she wept bitterly. So she's processing as she's praying and she's, you know, from the depths of her heart, she's crying out. I, you know, I don't know what she said, but I can imagine, God, this isn't fair. God, this isn't fair. God, why did you give a baby to her? Why didn't you give one to me? God, I've done everything that I could for you. I believed in you. I've, I've, I've been faithful, God. I've, I've loved you. I trust you. I trust you. God, I've, I've always been here. I've always come to worship. I've always declared your faithfulness, your goodness. So why haven't you done this for me, God? And she pours her heart out to God. If you ever find yourself hurting or feeling disappointed in God, I want to tell you it's okay to just let him know. Pour out your heart to him. He's big enough to handle your hurt, right? How many of you would say, you know, you've been there as a parent? And it's okay, right? It's not like, it's not like, 
you know, your son or your daughter coming to you and pouring out their heart and, and they're frustrated, even if it's in you. If they catch you at a good time anyways, it's something that, you know, you want to welcome because you want to see healing, right? And that's the same with God. David did it in the Old Testament. Bob was talking about this morning. God, why aren't you stopping my enemies? There's all these lament psalms that he sings. Why did you let them taunt me? He's crying out bitterly in a lot of the Psalms. Jeremiah cried out to God through his grief. Jesus on the cross. Remember what he said? My God, why are you leaving me helpless in my time of need? I've been so faithful in every moment. I mean, like every moment, right, of my life. And when I need you the most, where are you? You have spared my life so many times. Why not now? And so listen, listen, in all of this, God loves you. And he understands your pain. And I believe with all of my heart that he welcomes your questions and, and he's big enough to handle your doubts. In fact, with everything in me, I believe that God would rather have you yell at him in disappointment and pain and in tears than to walk away and hurt and defeat. So take your pain to God. If you ever find yourself disappointed or hurt or disillusioned, God is big enough to understand. So take it to him. Hannah unloaded on God and she says, I don't understand. And then in her prayer, she cries out to God. She said, if, if you just give me a son, I'll give him back to you. He will not be mine. I will dedicate every ounce of his life completely to you. I will give him to you. Then there's an interesting dialogue that happens between her and the priest, I won't go into the detail, but the, at the end of the conversation, the priest essentially says to her, may God grant your request. That's the, the, the whole of what we see in the scripture here. That's, that's all that's said. There's no immediate change here. There's no, you know, heaven opens up and God shines down a light on her moment. There's not that. She, she walks away still with nothing tangible. She, she still has to deal with Peninnah. Um, her husband's still gonna say things, Right? It's going to say things that he wished he would have, wouldn't have said. She still does not have a baby. She's, she's got no real sign of any kind of movement from God. And then what does she do? She does the very same thing that you might do when you find yourself disappointed in God. She continues by faith, even though she may not feel like it, Right? She may not feel like it. She continues to try her best to, you know, like hold on and to believe that he is still good. She hangs on and she tries to still trust in him. She sees nothing, but even though she doesn't see anything, she knows that doesn't mean that God's not actually doing something. And with whatever little bit of faith that she has, she continues to hold on believing that God is still good and she holds on and doesn't let go. So I wanna have that kind of faith. I wanna have that. And so here's what we can take away from Hannah is hold on to what you know is true and don't let go. Hold on. Let me say that again. Hold on to what you know is true. God is good. God is love. We can trust him. There's a foundation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is healer. He is our rescuer. He's true. He's faithful. He's kind. He's just. 
Hold on to what you know is true and do not let go. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19. This is the beginning of this verse is so incredibly emotional to me. This is what it says. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. I love the way that it's phrased. They got up the next morning still seeing nothing and what does Hannah do? She went to worship the Lord once more. Once more. We've talked about the prophet um, Habakkuk before. His, his name means to both embrace and to wrestle to simultaneously hold on to God even though you don't understand. And so many of you know um, that our daughter, Michaela, all of a sudden towards the beginning of last year started having some really severe um, gut problems, severe enough that she couldn't handle going to school, um, sitting at a desk or moving between classes for school. Um, so she started seeing doctors last year, uh, January uh, 2021, taking tests, ultrasounds, x-rays, going on special diets. We were praying, and it was a half a year before we finally saw a GI doctor. They're, they're, they're scheduled just so, so far out. This GI doctor, we, we saw him. He was able to almost immediately diagnose the problem, and she was better within a couple weeks. Now, um, some of you also know that my 11-year-old son, Zion, has now started to show very similar symptoms right now, um, but has not yet been responding to that same medicine, at least not now for the, the last four or five weeks now. And so we pray again. We're going to every doctor again. We're doing everything that has been recommended again. You know, doctor after doctor, we've prayed, we've waited, and we're believing. And so I've, I've unloaded on God so many times. Zion's pain level, I just started asking him because I've been asking him so much, I'll just say, what's your number? And most of this week, he was at an eight or a nine pain level. And I even kind of jokingly, kind of not, um, told God that he had one week to fix it this time. <laughs> uh, so far, that strategy hasn't worked, just in case anybody was wondering. And so listen, you know, if, if, if I told you the depths of the cries of my heart right now, you know, you, you might even be like, really, Pastor, you? <laughs> yeah, really. And it's gone... You know, all the way down to, and this is wrong and, wrong and prideful, but saying, God, do you know, you know what I've done for you? <laughs> and I mean, I know it sounds bad, thank you. <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but, you know, it's just the honest question of, you know, where are you, God? I know, I know that you're a healer. I know that you can. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my kids' life, so why haven't you? This isn't fair. And then, you know what we do? We hang on and we, 
we go back and we worship one more time. Hannah shows us this, that a waiting season is never a wasted season. A waiting season isn't a wasted season, that just because you don't see something doesn't mean that God's not doing something, right? That Holy Spirit is still working, that he is still good, and that he hears the cries of your heart. A waiting season for those of you that are waiting right now is not a wasted season. In Hannah's case, God hears the cries of her heart and, now, and, and God gives her the desires of her heart. Now, that may happen in your life and it may not. And, and some of us, you know, many of us have experienced some really tough loss. So no matter the outcome the goodness of God is not based on what we see or what we don't see. The goodness of God is simply based on who he is. In Hannah's case, this is what happened. They returned home, it says in scripture, they returned home to Ramah when Elkanah slept with Hannah, presumably after he apologized after the absurd questions. When Hannah, somebody, okay, thank you. Thank you for laughing at that. <laughs> when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. Do you see that? She knew that, you know, this was an answered prayer. And, and even after all of the waiting and crying, and praying, she responds by saying, this is what the Lord did for me. I asked my father God for a son and he gave him to me and I held on to the promise and he answered. And she learned very clearly that God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Just because you don't see it in the moment doesn't mean that you're not gonna see it in your lifetime. And so, in our family, as we continue to pray for health and wholeness, you know, we'll, we'll probably unload on God a little bit. Every night I, I pray with my boys uh, before we go to bed. And, you know, last night I laid my hand on Zion's stomach and I prayed again. And we'll get done with that sometimes and I'll tell God how I feel. <laughs> but we'll show up and we'll worship every Sunday because I know he's God and he's good and he's a healer. And not just because we're the pastors. You know, it's, it's because, you know, we value this and we need you and we love worshiping God with you and we absolutely love and trust God and he is still healer. I believe it. And so I want to share a song in closing that has been really speaking to me personally and I pray that today it's going to bless somebody who's in the middle of a waiting season I, I just want us to take a moment to internalize just this story today Hannah's story found in the lyrics of this song that we're going to close with together before we go because even if you are waiting you're going to have a chance to worship in just a few minutes um, and it's worshiping and not just what you see but for who God is and before we get to that, though, um, I want you to hear the backstory because this is powerful. Um, I listened to a lot of different um, worship songs and music, and I ran across this story 
um, on a single that life.church released called You Are. It was several, it was a couple years ago. Um, they released it back in 2018 and they told this story. So Mandy is one of the daughters of the founding pastors of life.church um, where Pastor Craig Rochelle is the pastor. And it was um, just mere weeks before Mandy's wedding day that she found out that she tested positive for mononucleosis. Um, So this is what she said in the months that followed. She said, getting sick is never fun, but typically when you get sick, you expect to get better. For me, that was not the case. After weeks and then months of not getting any better, I started to get pretty worried. Not only did I not get better, but I started to get worse. And because of this, I had to step away from my dream job of working as a pastor at Life.Church. And I was newly married, I was unable to work, and I was spending my days on the couch, having all kinds of crazy and unexplainable symptoms that just wouldn't go away. So Mandy is a vlogger, uh, uh, which if, if you don't know that word, is she records videos and she puts them up. Um, her platform of choice is YouTube. And so she tells her day-to-day stories um, on video uh, through the platform. And one day, as she was filming a typical day in her life, which we'll start with some of that footage at the beginning of this, her dad invites her to come over to their house for something special that's going to happen with some friends. He doesn't tell her what it is. That's all he told her. And so I want to show you an edited version of this story. It's just edited for time this morning. Uh, We're going to hit the lights um, with some clips from uh, Mandy's vlog on this evening. So watch this. self-directed neuroplasticity practice up here before I have dinner with my family. You know, so far this is an interesting vlog. I really debated this morning whether or not I wanted to film today and really last minute I was like, might as well. And it could potentially be more interesting than I was expecting because I was talking to my dad on the phone and he was saying something about something happening tonight and it might happen tonight, it might happen tomorrow, involving me, I might wanna look cute. (laughs) 
and he couldn't tell me more than that. Now I'm here and I don't know what's going on. It kind of seems like there's some kind of a surprise happening and I literally have no idea what it could be. Like I'm trying to think of things that would be cool surprises, but I don't I don't know why or how or what or maybe it's a good thing I vlogged today. I don't know, we'll see. Basically, a few of the worship pastors at our church, they decided to come together and write a song. It was kind of inspired by, by me and what I've gone through, my story, which is crazy. And they want it to be something that doesn't just minister to me, but ministers to a lot of people and our entire church. So as you saw, I kind of knew something was going on. But eventually later that night, they kind of led me outside and saw some of our worship team out there. And it was so overwhelming. I didn't know what was going on, but they had me sit down and then they just, yeah, it all happened. So as you can see, it was incredibly emotional. I can't explain, oh, I just, I don't, I don't want to say I don't feel deserving. I know that's not like a good thing to say, but I just, I mean, I just couldn't believe that they would do that for, for me. And then the song, I can't wait till I have the whole song and can share the whole song because it is so perfect. It's just been exactly the cry of my heart these last two years. Sometimes I kind of feel bad that I've been getting so much support from people and I appreciate support. Sometimes all the support can be overwhelming. I've met so many of you, so many people all around the world through Instagram and YouTube and life that deals with significant trials, whether or not it's their health. And sometimes they don't have anyone there. They don't have that love and that support. And sometimes they don't have people who believe them. It's It makes me so mad and it's why I do my YouTube videos and all that good stuff. But I, I told them I was so glad that the surprise for me was something I can share with other people. And it's a song that can encourage many people. Now I totally recognize that not everyone watching my channel follows Jesus. I know sometimes I like talk a lot about Jesus and you don't have to watch those videos if you want, but obviously in this video I'm talking a lot about Jesus. So anyways, in that, that special time when they surprised me, I just so felt God's presence. I felt so loved. 
I have just been more and more reminded of how like healing is coming. Healing is on its way. I legitimately, I am making progress still. Like in the last week, I've been reminded of how far I've come and how much I've been able to like start doing more and more of um, in my life. Even just like life being more manageable. Like praise God, that is amazing. It was just so beautiful and so amazing and I can't thank the worship team and everyone involved enough. I'm just honored to be able to share that video clip and soon we'll be sharing the song. It's crazy to me that people watch videos of me talking. When I talk, I want so much for my words to encourage you. And I know there are many of you who are watching this and you are hurting, you feel broken, you feel lost and confused, maybe angry, you are in pain, you are in the waiting. I hope that you know that you're not alone, that God sees you, he loves you, he cares for you. I hope you feel the peace that surpasses understanding that only comes from him. And I hope that in the middle of a storm that you would worship God. You would worship God where you are. You would embrace the place that God has put you. God has a purpose in your pain and he truly works all things together for good. This vlog was totally unplanned and I am excited with how it turned out because I really believe that someone was meant to watch this, someone was meant to hear those lyrics and that it will encourage them today. I love you guys so much. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your prayers and support. I am praying for each and every one of you. Okay, well I will see you guys in the next video. Bye! Now, if, if you're able and you're willing, um, would you mind just standing to your feet um, just to prepare your hearts for worship? If, if you want to worship that way. Mandy is taking her pain and, and turning it um, into a platform. And, and there are thousands of people that are impacted by her story. Um, her YouTube page, just for uh, scope, has 40,000 subscribers that are following her story as she goes through mononucleosis. So she went and she got a degree to educate others about their health and to assist those that are going through chronic illness, and she has turned her pain into a ministry for others. And so Pastor Greg, her father, asked her, Mandy, would you change what you've been through if you could go back to the life that you had without pain? And she said, there's no part of me that would ever, ever, ever change it. So here's what I think she's recognizing, that even though She's waiting for the answer to her prayer, for her healing. The waiting is not wasted. And that God is still working and that he's still good. So I don't know who it would be the day, uh, but you might find yourself disappointed with God and, 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 and maybe even by God, but maybe even a little mad at him. Uh, you may feel like you've been hurt by him or disappointed, you're holding a grudge. I just would invite you as we close um, this morning to just you know, maybe even have a little moment where you just kind of unload this morning and let go and tell him from the depths of your heart and cry out in anguish and through the pain and just tell him how you feel, even as we worship. And so if you feel like you need to sit down or however, that's fine. But, but then choose to continue to trust in him because he is faithful. And you might just tell him, I'm not gonna hold a grudge against you, God. What I wanted you to do and you didn't, I, I choose to let that go. 
Though you didn't you know, answer my prayer the way that I wanted you to, God, I still choose to trust you. I still choose to trust you, not because of what I see with my eyes, but because of who you are. So I hope you know, you'll understand that our God says he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Our God is here. So choose by faith as we close with worship to you know, maybe even let him back in if you've been building up some defenses. Let go of the hurt and choose to trust God and tell him I'm not holding on to this grudge. So I don't know who this is for today. You might still be in waiting, but I just want to encourage us as we close to just, you know, maybe even lift up your hands while you're in the waiting. I want us to sing louder than all of your fears right now. If you've got fears, uh, may, maybe our, may our hearts just be reminded, um, our God, he is good. Amen. Um, so lift your hearts and lift your hands as we close with this song. So it'll be new to us. Um, but the chorus is simple and I think we can get it.
to him. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are good, God. And so just as we close out this time today, this worship and hearing your word, I just pray, God, that you would give us the boldness to sometimes just let it out (laughs) and to let you be our father, to let you be our Abba God, where you just hold us and you care for us and you love us when we're struggling and we don't understand and we don't have the big picture and we don't know. We just don't know sometimes. So God, we give up all the stuff, all the prayers that we've prayed that maybe we haven't seen answered in the way that we want, but we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We hold on to what we know is true and we know that you are good. We know you are good. We know that you are a healer. We know that you're our savior for those that we're praying for to come to know you. So we let go of the things that we're holding on to this morning, God, and we say no walls between me and you. I will keep praying and I will keep trusting. I'll keep believing and I'll keep waiting. Thank you, Jesus. So just as we continue to pray this morning, I don't want to leave this day, um, you know, without, there is tremendous joy in knowing and following and being with Jesus. And um, maybe, you know, even in this time that we've had this morning, if we've been sharing, 
um, you're just kind of wondering, you know, what a relationship with Jesus could be like for you. And we just want to offer you that opportunity this morning. And can I just say that, um, you know, a life of following Jesus is just that it's following his goodness and, and, um, his plan for us, which is better than we could ever think of or imagine. But sometimes it's through some tough stuff. But the thing about Jesus is he is there and he is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can trust him. And so um, I think that's the kind of a relationship um, we want every single person in this room to have. And so if that's you, even if you're watching online right now or watching the archives of this, we want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus and to a journey of following him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning and all the saints praying, we just want to offer the opportunity to to just pray a prayer. We're going to give you the words this morning and everybody's going to pray it. So we're not going to single anybody out, but do we just want to help you take that first step this morning of saying, yes, I want Jesus in my life. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand high in the air so we can just pray. I can just pray with you as we close this morning. All right. All of us, let's pray this together. Father God. I give you my heart, all of who I am. I trust you with all of me and I surrender my life. I bend it towards you. Take my life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for being my rescue. My life is yours. Amen.